0: On this episode of China Unscripted, China sends a spy balloon over the U.S., the U.S. general predicts war over Taiwan in 2025, and the new Czech president angers China. Welcome to China Unscripted. I'm Chris Chappell. I'm Shelley Zhang. And I'm Matt Gnaista. And China is attacking America with balloons, a lot of them, 99 of them, I'm- all of them red. Shelley, what do we do about this red menace?
1: Well, I see the podcast is going off to a good start. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, this 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 just broke. Unfortunately, it happened right uh, before we filmed our like weekly headlines episode. But um, I mean, it
1: actually they they actually said the U.S. officials will release a statement Thursday night. So well after we recorded headlines. For yeah,
0: this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, China sent a a, a spy balloon. I, you said it was a big balloon, right?
1: The balloon is apparently three bus lengths in size like so, the short
0: bus or the long bus i think
1: a regular bus A regular yeah. bus so it makes me think i guess now i'm like picturing the hindenburg of spy balloons you know what i mean because i uh-huh. i guess i always thought of spy balloons as being smaller which i guess it doesn't necessarily make sense if they have to hold enough air or whatever they're yeah with i guess to... you just
0: think of like you know spy cameras like things that you could put in like a little button a yeah. buttonhole
1: <laughs> buttonhole camera should I explain why you're doing this? Chris is making fun of me because I was reading a Guardian article about the spy balloon and it, it talked about buttonhole cameras, but my brain went butthole camera. So I was very confused for a minute until I realized what had happened.
0: Did, did, did you know about the Soviet experiments into creating butthole cameras?
1: no please please tell us about the soviet experiments actually it sounds like something that would happen right oh like, well, yeah, yeah yeah this whole thing does. actually the spy balloon thing doesn't it sound like some kind of weird like um cold war throwback
0: well yeah. what well, i found surprising was that like this this is not a one-off thing this happens fairly regularly actually uh just for some reason the u.s government is now making a big deal out of
2: it this time well, well i mean it, firstly i want to say that china should have just painted their balloon blue
0: so it wouldn't to spot, Maybe the, the
2: the problem I think is that is that the, so the Chinese regime does a lot of spying, mm-hmm. right? So they're spying on our you know uh, WeChat communications, uh, potentially TikTok, uh, definitely huge amounts of of corporate espionage. But all these things are hidden, right? And sometimes it's hard to like show it's, me pictures. picture. It's subtle it didn't
0: and sophisticated. Happen. Yeah not usually a, a gigantic
2: balloon. Right, and so there, there's something psychological about the presence of a gigantic balloon that makes people suddenly feel the threat, even though it's actually substantially less of a threat than many of the other things the Chinese regime is doing in terms of their warfare. I, I would
0: say TikTok is probably a bigger threat than uh,
2: a surveillance yeah, balloon. Yeah, co- collecting like the you know uh, data from millions of people, like all these young and people, they're collecting the their face.
0: of China's youth
1: of China's youth
0: America's youth (laughs) turning them into Chinese youth with the red
2: terror yeah I mean I would say they're 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 unclean sort of sort of dirty
1: Thank Matt, you, Matt, I was looking to you for support, but instead you decided to Matt's, join in the cr- Matt's trolling. Matt's my bro. Yes, yes, yes. I,
2: yes, I, yes, I, I have, I have never this happening. I, I mean, have never not wanted you to say Dirty Reds.
1: I know. I think that also if people haven't been watching the many of our podcasts, people don't know what you guys have been trying, or Chris specifically has been trying to get me to say for many, many episodes. Which, which Whatever, is what, what Yeah, what I've
0: been trying to say. <laughs>
1: well, Matt already said it, so I don't need to.
0: <laughs> what did he say?
1: Well, that the, is the, the most transparent way to try to get me to say it. And I don't know why you think that's going to succeed.
0: I don't know Miss butthole camera was.
2: <laughs> we have to be so much more conniving than Shelly, and I'm just not sure I'm up to it.
1: That's because I'm Chinese.
2: Whoa,
0: I'm not comfortable
2: with that. Yeah,
1: Shelly's is deeply <laughs> oh, problematic. That too that's that's, that's kind of worse, I think, than no. saying
0: dirty reds. <laughs> I mean, that's cute. What you just did was racism.
1: I don't think so, because it's like how you can make jokes about your own ethnicity, but other people can't do those things.
0: I can make jokes about AI programs?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can make as many matrix jokes as you want. Mm. You're good.
0: That's my privilege. Hey, those surveillance can Yeah, but actually
1: what interests me about what you're saying, Matt, about like how it seems to be a very visible threat is the DOD has come out and said that, in many ways, it doesn't actually give the CCP more intelligence than their satellites, which are already circling, like, all around the world, already
2: right. do. But, like, somehow the satellites being in low Earth orbit don't count as U.S. airspace. Well, also, I'm not sure exactly you can't what the elevation.
1: can see the satellite, right? Like, you, I mean, you can see satellites at night kind of, like, flying It's over, not a but giant
0: slow-moving balloon.
1: balloon that's, like, hovering. Yeah. Uh, although this balloon is... I think one of the reasons they talked about it is because it was spending a lot of time hovering over Montana, where there is an Air Force base that houses nuclear silos.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So this, this was a slightly uh, different modus operandi for this balloon, even though it is fairly common apparently for chinese spy balloons to be caught in the u.s i love the chinese response though uh they're like what hey, don't worry it's just just a weather balloon
1: well what they actually said it was it's a it is chinese it is a civilian airship that is used mainly for meteorological research and we are very sorry that it blew into u.s territory you know yeah
0: yeah as as sometimes
2: weather balloons just do
1: yeah but that also seems like such a non-denial denial because isn't the go-to
2: thing like about weather, spy
1: balloons that, that they're weather balloons well
2: also ufos are weather balloons mm-hmm. right yeah. so now it's a whole other conspiracy theory but the, the thing so that the u.s had considered like some people had considered should we shoot it down
1: actually i think that the wall street journal reported that biden had actually given the order to shoot it down and then the pentagon was like having a hard time finding any place to shoot it down that it wouldn't that there wouldn't potentially
2: be a... cause like
0: civilian exactly. problems or yeah anything. because good they... on biden hey biden agreed with trump then because trump uh
1: did you say something it. About he
0: it? he truthed okay on truth social shoot it down
1: oh okay that's all it said
0: uh i have i have it somewhere uh it was it was not i mean you know trump is not necessarily like yeah shoot down the balloon okay i assume he was talking about this balloon
1: just not just in not general. just like balloons at
0: like a children's party <laughs> yeah maybe he he was having a bad time and <laughs> a five-year-old's birthday
2: i mean but but biden's biden's the cool guy who's like yeah i, I could totally shoot it down but I, I don't need to
1: well so there are a bunch of theories about this because the reason the pentagon gave was that there they couldn't guarantee that there wouldn't be civilian casualties of some kind because of like the debris raining down um but then some people think that Hey, maybe we're getting something off of this spy balloon you know what i mean like it's possible we are able to see what they're doing although i suppose if you shot it down we're able to collect the pieces and you could see more clearly what was happening
0: or the u.s government is covering for the chinese government covering
1: for the aliens
0: for the aliens yeah you, you, you followed me Shelley. yes i
1: did i did i felt like that energy where you wanted to say something about the aliens as soon as matt had said something about ufos but you were holding back until the right moment just
0: building <laughs> <Yes>. building
1: <laughs> but
0: wow we've gotten to know each other so well over a decade
1: well yeah you know when you've, you've when you've like eaten tear gas together that's a real bonding experience
0: tear gas and yo yeah <laughs>
1: Mm, what a combination <laughs> which is worse for your health <laughs> fried dough sticks or tear
0: gas i think it's all about pro- the, the the prolonged exposure
2: <laughs> true so, so prolonged exposure to yotiao is, is definitely not dangerous. good for you yeah
1: yeah that's not good <laughs>
2: someone needs to make the yotiao diets it's, it's before we, we had yotiao before we discovered other options for hong kong breakfast yeah a, like the deep fried pork i
1: was gonna say not that the other options were that healthy we'd, oh
2: yeah we'd go to that t- we shouldn't have
1: been eating roast pork for <laughs> breakfast, breakfast every, every day. day yeah
2: no because some some days we had the buns
1: uh-huh
2: Were filled with roast pork that's true <laughs> they were filled with roast pork
1: i was like find me one vegetable bun please
2: <laughs> yeah
0: there was a, a, a apparently hong kong is one of the most uh meat eating places in the world and they they tend to live very long too Hmm. so to that little disconnected (laughs) anecdotal evidence yeah that's proof positive that you should eat as much meat as possible and that the aliens sent the balloon over america
1: i mean i think if the ccp was able to blame it on aliens they probably would have
0: that reminds me a long time ago there was like some something about some global times article or something reporting that like the u.s government was in cahoots with aliens okay i'm vaguely remembering this. yeah all right talk let me let me see if i can find that
2: yeah i mean here's the here's the thing about the global times <laughs> you know obviously it is our favorite chinese state-run media but it's not because of their accuracy <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> well i mean wait but but isn't the thing that that the chinese state-run media always accused other countries of doing what the ccp is actually doing
1: yes often so are you saying this means that this is further proof that the ccp is working with aliens
2: it is suggestive (laughs) it's
1: suggestive. yeah i mean they do that all the time with like oh you know um these revolutions must be or these protests must be infiltrated by western forces trying to uh foment a color revolution in china you know
2: right but it's actually the ccp fomenting its own Right. I mean, like we later learned that the 2012 anti-Japanese protests were encouraged by the CCP, right, because it had to do with their, you know, trade war and the disputed islands and whole political reason. So it was like the CCP allowed and encouraged people to protest against Japanese goods inside China when normally protests aren't allowed. Right. But obviously the CCP is behind it. So, yeah, I can get why they
1: yeah you suspect everybody of doing what you're doing i think this was an anecdote about the like after the collapse of the soviet union um when like u.s and russian nuclear scientists were going over and seeing each other's nuclear like weapons because they were de-arming the soviet union right and kind of like dismantling some of the things and the american scientists were shocked at how much the Soviet Union had been doing that they hadn't disclosed. And the Soviet Union was shocked that the U.S. hadn't, did, like they had thought that the U.S. was doing a lot more stuff that they weren't disclosing, but the U.S. wasn't. Do you know what I mean? So like the Soviet oh, scientists see. were suspecting the U.S. of doing essentially what they were doing, which is like violating all the treaties and, you know, secretly building way more nuclear
0: whatever than they Injecting said they steroids were, into yeah. boxers to fight American boxers.
2: Is it, yeah i mean is a Rocky th- think, think about zangief like that guy is definitely on steroids i wasn't going there but yeah I like Who? street fighter street fighter two oh, okay zangief the no. which is i would say the hardest character to play though because all the all his moves were like a lot of weird like joystick things you know really yeah i had a really hard time with that character
0: interesting yeah
2: jumping back
0: to uh what (laughs) i was saying because i basically have been ignoring whatever you were saying for the past five minutes uh yeah back in uh oh like well according to this nine years ago um according to the global times citing iran's Fars news which was citing russia which was citing edward snowden
1: okay this is a long trail okay
0: nazi space aliens have secretly been controlling the united states government since world war ii
1: wow that's somehow way worse than i thought
0: i think i think what it was was that the space aliens had supported the nazis
1: oh and then they
0: switched sides when
1: so the space aliens did not invent nazism it's just that they they supported the nazis
0: though you know what did they give the nazis did they give them technology did they give them ideology i don't know
2: i mean there was a lot of advanced tech that the nazis were doing so where did they get all that tech? Hydra, which you go were aliens?
1: Well, I guess the tech was alien tech, right?
0: Uh, yeah, and like Hydra, I think <laughs> the um, uh, the show, uh, what was that? Shield, Agents of Shield, Shield, yeah, 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 It was like a alien. Oh well,
1: I, I, Agents of Shields may not be canon anymore after. I, but I'm, they just, did the whole re- I'm just the whole. I'm just
2: realizing that. that there are people yeah. watching this who are thinking like oh my gosh, Marvel movies are actually Disclosure. Um, okay, yeah. so spy people. balloons.
0: <laughs> 99 of them well, all red.
1: I think what, so it's also important to say that we are talking about this on Friday morning. So the there could, could be a out. lot that like maybe the balloon has been shot down by the time this is published or who knows what had happened. Mm-hmm. But the latest thing that broke right before we started recording is that Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who was supposed to go to China this weekend on the first like diplomatic trip of the Biden administration to China, uh, he was supposed to meet with Xi Jinping and everything, had postponed his trip because of the spy balloon.
0: Maybe he just didn't want to get
2: COVID.
1: <laughs> From Xi Jinping? I
0: mean,
2: I mean it's the, spreading
1: in
0: China.
2: The, the U.S. has to have a reaction, right? Like if the U.S. doesn't react in some way that is that is measured with this violation then the u.s looks weak well, right well I'm, and but, the china thinks that u.s but that doesn't back.
0: hold because this has been happening it's pretty regular that the but china i mean started. i
1: would guess that probably this happens all the time with
0: not just china do you know what i mean well i don't know about that like i like is is, is england sending spy balloons all the time is iran i don't i no, don't like, know about england
2: that. is just sending their best actors to take american jobs like like how how are English actors playing Batman, Superman? I mean, are doctors in House, Doctor Strange?
1: No, he means oh. House. Oh House, yeah, in that yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. So so nice decade old reference.
2: We, but- oh my God, what so, happened? <laughs> so so so, but but that's but that's how it works politically, right? Like if if your if an enemy country does something to you, you have to you have to push back. Well, no, my, like
0: my, my point is they have
2: been doing this and, and we just haven't been pushing it. Yeah. back. So this is a good sign, right? It's a good sign that the Biden administration is like, OK, well, we have to do something.
1: Well, we also don't know like this, the stuff that people saying that has happened, like we don't actually have like this is just like kind of a not, like sources talking to The New York Times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we don't actually know how often it happened. Like we don't have data about like whether this is really out of the ordinary because like of how long it's been staying over an air force base in montana or do you know what i mean like we actually don't know
0: well that's what i wish i knew like why why this time did the u.s government decide to make such a to make a bigger deal because
2: civilians spotted it
1: i don't know it's possible i mean i i don't know if people were already taking photos of it before they came out with the announcement so
2: it's just very hard to like, I, and I, I think that, that it's possible that if the U.S. government only – only the government saw it and there was no other civilian evidence, then it might just be easier for the U.S. government to uh, not do anything and then just complain directly to China. And, of course, that won't get anywhere, but
1: – Yeah. The fact that this has become public actually has become, you know, like now – you know, the senators from Montana are like, hey, what's going on? You know, like this Mm -hmm. is blown up into like a much bigger thing. But also, this is what you were talking earlier about, Matt, like why would you send a very visible balloon over the U.S. now?
2: It's a good question.
1: Yeah, so like right before, you know, there's supposed to be like a very some kind of like diplomatic – maybe renegotiation or like trying to like reset u.s china relations all that kind of so stuff. you're saying
0: something smells fishy yeah. something smells dirty
2: no i think you read that wrong uh but but here's here's another another possibility it could just be incompetence like it could have just been a dumb decision and like we think that oh, the Chinese Communist Party is so clever, and they always, you know, they've got these strategy and these, like, flawless evil tactics. But, like, sometimes they just screw up and do dumb things.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the balloon, according to the flight pass that I've seen projected, seems to have come from central China. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they released it from Zhongnanhai, you know what I mean? So it is possible that somebody lower down made a stupid decision. Uh, or, mm-hmm. I mean, it is also possible that during due to inter-party you know power struggles that like somebody wanted to mess up this meeting between Xi Jinping and the US right
0: do you think they uploaded Jiang Zemin's consciousness into the balloon (laughs) hoping it would get shot down (laughs) Ooh,
1: is he Uh, just like on a bunch of computers now like yeah
0: speaking of AI check out the most recent episode on Gamers Unbeaten about near automata and uh the military industrial complex speaking of ai
2: after watching that gamers unbeaten video i went down for like an hour like a rabbit hole about the military industrial complex it was
1: and now you feel better about the world
2: i i don't surprisingly
0: that makes me happy that's what i want with gamers unbeaten to open up horrible dark rabbit holes that suck in people's souls
1: i mean i did that with our latest american Uncovered episode actually
0: which one?
1: Oh, the the episode that talked about the pfizer
0: oh the thing. project veritas yeah, and the yeah. gain of function right. kind of stuff yeah. well
2: the the you added an interesting point that i think is worth bringing up because it does tie to china right
1: yeah so the project veritas like had released this undercover video that allegedly shows a pfizer employee that they compl- that they claim was some like director-level position. But, I mean, also, I don't really know what that means in Pfizer because in certain companies, like, everybody is a vice president. So it's not clear how much decision-making how I Am I a I vice president? Uh, I don't actually know what you're – we don't really have job titles. You
2: have a, t- a job title.
1: I do, but it's not like a job title that confers anything. <laughs> it's humor ninja. That means nothing in any kind of organizational, you know, hierarchy. But um, so the – Pfizer like the project Veritas tape is a like undercover this guy who thought he was on a date and he was talking about how Pfizer had had internal meetings about maybe uh mutating the virus to develop better vaccines essentially like that was the gist of the accusations
0: and that the public wouldn't like that so they were keeping it quiet
1: Yeah. But like he didn't actually claim that Pfizer was currently Currently doing doing it. it. So then Pfizer came out with a like a rebuttal that was like, we have never done this kind of research on these vaccines. Except sometimes we have. Well, they said it wasn't gain of function that they said they were doing. They said that they sometimes do certain research to like make sure that the antiviral properties work. And then they were like, this is research that's required by U.S. regulators for all antivirals. So, they were like, this isn't anything out of the ordinary that we're doing. And we haven't. So, they might not be lying when they say they haven't done any gain in function or a directed evolution research because, like, that's actually not the claim that the guy made.
2: Right. But then, like, the larger point is The larger
1: point that uh, we made in our American Covered episode is that, you know, it sounds horrifying to people. I think this is why this got a lot of um, play, right? Because it sounds horrifying to people that Pfizer would mutate a virus. Um, to make a better vaccine. But this is actually what the entire field of virology does. Mm -hmm. Like the point of the type of research that the EcoHealth Alliance, who was funding uh, the Wuhan lab, among other things, does like this gain of function experiments to like take viruses that they find in the wild that could uh, affect humans at some point and then manipulate them to actually... Be contagious to humans is that they're trying to develop vaccines or treatments ahead of time. Like, that's their whole excuse for it, right? That they're like, this is a good thing. This is cutting edge science because we're actually going to help. Uh, and we found a video from Peter Dazak, who's the head of EcoHealth Alliance, talking in 2019 about this, where he actually talks about how, you know, coronaviruses are pretty, uh, because of the spike protein, like, you can, we can take that spike protein and put it on like the backbone of another virus and basically do this type of experiments to see he's talking about gain of function like where he's like to see how they work and then he says you know it gives us a lot more diversity uh, in the sequencing so this is good like it's all presented as like this is like great science like mm. it is going to help us
0: and so give us taxpayer dollars to do this yeah what? and
1: then he specifically said you know with the sars virus like he's talking about the two thousand three. SARS virus. He was like, if you wanted to develop a vaccine for it, like the logical thing to do is to take the SARS pandemic SARS, like the one that spread, and to try to develop a vaccine to it. But what if you took? He's like, if you put in some of these related, essentially sequences, right? Uh, that and then you could develop an even better vaccine. So he, like, basically said it, like the same thing that the Pfizer guy was saying, the, the idea that you could mutate viruses so that you could see what they were like and develop a vaccine for them.
2: Right. But he said it in 2019 before basically anyone had heard of COVID.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I don't remember exactly when in 2019 the video is from, but it's essentially him saying, like, this is the great stuff we're doing,
2: right? And it, and it would have continued to be great had there not been a global pandemic that people are tying to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But so, I mean, it is what the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology was doing it, it was that kind of research. It was
1: that kind of research, so.
2: Again, I'm not, I'm not saying just for clarity, I'm not saying we definitely know where COVID-19 came from. Also but,
0: Pfizer vaccines against COVID are very effective and very good.
1: Thank you for the clarification. Everyone orders. should
0: get them and uh, get the, the, the third booster now or the fourth booster, fourth. they're very effective.
1: Uh, So the point, though, is that like what people are getting mad at is actually just like almost standard practice. So you can also see why. Like, so many virologists came out and were like, oh, no, no, there's no way that this could have been a lab leak. This
0: is perfectly safe. What we're doing is safe.
1: Because, you know, if it was a lab leak, it would basically call into question, like, all the stuff they said was safe actually created a dangerous pandemic. You said you were going to prevent the next pandemic by doing this research, and instead you created the next pandemic. So
2: there goes all of
1: your government funding. There goes all, you know, it's just... Like a lot of people are invested. I mean, not everybody. There are a lot of vi- virologists who have spoken out against this and said we need to actually investigate and, and make they sure we're, were not. Silenced. Yes, but like there was this big institutional push, especially at the beginning, led by Peter Daszak to like refute all this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it is amazing that at the beginning, Peter Daszak, who you know was was the head of the EcoHealth Alliance, who was doing this gain of function uh, gain of function research in the Wuhan lab, he was the loudest voice about there is no way this could have been a lab like it came from yeah. nature. Actually, even, he secretly though...
1: organized like a bunch of scientists to to write that letter. Yeah,
0: yeah, who also, all of them ended up, I think except for maybe one, were also taking money
2: from- Well, they China had in ties in, ways. In, in some ways, yeah. yeah. It, also, there was, a. I think in 2018, a US review of the of that facility found that they were not following the highest biosafety levels, like some experiments that should have been done in biosafety level four, which is like spacesuits, were being done in biosafety level two, which is like masks and gloves. We were joking that people
1: were basically sterilizing their groceries with biosafety level two back when people thought that we needed to sterilize groceries, you
2: know? I remember the good times. Yeah, so I mean, so apropos of nothing, you know, it would be a great scientific experiment we should create uh, zombies mm-hmm. so that we can understand how to fight zombies in case there's a zombie apocalypse.
1: And what could go wrong with infecting people and turning them into zombies? Because, like, you know,
2: but
0: they in would a, never in, escape in lab, the lab conditions. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, you start with like making a zombie rat
2: or a chimpanzee. And, it and, won't and spread. Th- yeah. There you go. Just make sure you use biosafety level Z. Ooh. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Well, isn't that how, like, the zombie? like outbreak started from China in World War Z right
2: no that was like their organ harvesting yeah it was through organ harvesting harvesting and that just
0: created some kind of virus that's a little what we were just talking about is a little more like 28 days later okay which was like a rage virus or something they were studying like why like where rage comes from like the emotion rage yeah something like that in order to cure it and so then like these animal activists like broke into a lab and like released some infected animals because you know they were gonna save the environment And then, you know, they get mauled by the animals. And then, you know, 28 days later,
2: you have a movie. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Army of the Dead started with some government, uh, like, government was transporting zombies.
1: Oh, wasn't that, it was like a military zombie, right? It wasn't very clear how the military got his. There's
2: there's a lot of hand-waving in that film. But, like, the point is the military had him, like, in a container. But then there was a an accident on the road, well, and then- I mean, so the point is, is pop. like
0: in pop, pop culture, there's definitely is the idea of like, you know,
2: experiment's going wrong. Right, but in real life- That never happens. Everyone's so competent and totally on the same page when it comes to science, never that nothing take could ever wrong. Short,
1: they never take any shortcuts. No, they no. never do something in biosafety level two that should be done in level four. No virus has ever escaped a lab like the SARS virus did in 2004 in Beijing and caused another outbreak you know.
0: CERN is definitely not co- colliding universes together, which is how we end up with the Mandela effect.
1: Okay, that's a different, you took taking that in a completely different direction now. I, I
0: did. Uh, I My job requires me to spend a lot of time on the internet, and I see things, Shelley.
2: Well, speaking of deluding ourselves into thinking that science is all on the same page, uh, John Kerry,
1: Oh, wait, before we get to that though, but I think the point of the virology thing and the Pfizer thing is that if you're mad about the Pfizer video, you actually should just be mad at the entire the like
2: entire field, field
1: of virology and what they've been doing for years and claiming that it's like all positive. And maybe we should be looking into whether this is a good idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I had a great transition.
1: That I totally, I'm sorry, totally busted.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. But
1: okay, oh so gosh. science. So this is the
2: first on the show that somebody...
1: Has interrupted somebody in a bad way.
0: I
2: know. And oh my gosh! Is is this how it feels? Well, the, I think the only way for me to deal with this is to just do it more to you as revenge.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure you, you could do it more.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I am not going to grow from this. <laughs> There's no introspection happening here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about John Kerry.
1: Yeah uh speaking of no introspection <laughs> oh oh <laughs> that, that, was, that was good
2: actually <laughs> wow great transition nice. shelley <laughs> yeah all right so uh so john Kerry is the current special climate envoy to china right and the idea is that that despite all the differences you know that we have with china and the ccp of course the Government doesn't usually call them CCP. Um, despite all the differences, at least there's this one thing we can work together on. And the problem is that in so many ways, the push to work with China on climate change, but it could be on anything, right? It prevents us. Like if we feel that we, the US government, need to work with China, are reliant on working with China on something really important, then it makes us back off from doing things that we should do to counter the Chinese Communist Party or to speak out against their uh, abuses against their own people like the Uyghurs and Falun Gong or things that they're doing globally. And so having John Kerry, who's a very powerful and influential person in this position uh, is making it harder for the rest of the US government to stand up to China
1: it doesn't necessarily have to be that way and I've heard the argument that oh well like we can still work together on climate and also still call out their genocide of the Uyghurs for example which I think is theoretically true like you can still do that and the US government has done that except for the fact that that's not how the CCP operates Right. The CCP will want you to cuz they they constantly say this, right? Like not just diplomatically, but also in the state-run media, in the propaganda. So they're always saying that like, oh well, for us to really work with the US, the US has to really understand China. You know, and they can't just like pick and choose, and they have to like accept us, like the right. way. You like
2: know. they they basically they take it personally, mm-hmm. right? Like for example, the the US and Canada have disputes over things, right? We even have territorial disputes in some islands like off the coast of Maine, right? Like a lot of, there's, there's, and there's a lot of disagreements, but the US and Canada are basically both in the same category of rational government where we can work together on things that are important. For example, piping oil from the, uh, you know, Alberta tar sands into the US quietly. Uh, but like, but like there's that cooperation. But the CCP operates in a way where it's like if you have a disagreement about one thing, they take it so personally that they will punish you in totally other unrelated ways, right? Well, it's also and that's what a, makes it hard to work. A about.
0: higher level than that. It's like the, the Chinese Communist Party considers itself at war with the United States. So its goal is not to find a way to work well with the United States. I mean,
1: States. the it's goal use, of is to use climate change as like a – like stick to beat the U.S. over the head with and be like, okay, well, or to dangle a little carrot and be like, hey, you yeah. can, if you like, we'll work with you, but you have to con- give us concessions on other things.
0: Yeah, or design policies that, uh, you know, handicap American business and industry,
2: but allow China exceptions. Right. I mean, you know, when it comes to, like, th- the core, there, there are several things that make economic growth possible in a country, right, and... and There are, you know, legal things, having good legal system and having, you know, free markets. But one of the really big important things for any country is low cost energy, right? And so uh, the CCP is using climate change as a way to basically ensure that energy is cheaper in China than it is in the US because they understand the economics of that. If ex- energy is expensive, you know you don't wanna put factories there. You don't wanna do cutting edge AI research because that's very energy intensive as well. So, oh, energy costs are cheaper in China and now manufacturing makes more sense in China. And it's a little more complex than that because a lot of it's not direct. But like this is a big thing that the CCP understands and they've taken advantage of sort of greenwashing to do things like, you know, criticize the US, but and say, "Oh, well, you know, obviously you need solar panels, right? And they're making solar panels now in China using in some cases Uyghur slave labor."
1: Also, I uh, think a lot of it was technology transfer from the US, right? Right, stolen yeah.
2: technology, and also some of those factories themselves are powered on a coal grid. So the idea that like, you're making solar panels, manufacturing them in a factory where the energy for, to power the factory Comes from the highest carbon-emitting source of energy. Well, coal's not the highest, but it's a high one, right? So, like, it's it's just total nonsense. And it's like the U.S. is making this disconnect. Like, the way to work with China on climate change is to uh, a get plant, get the CCP to make promises for the future, which is, they will stupid.
1: definitely shut down their coal plants, right. except for the ones that they're currently building more of.
2: Right, uh, and then and then two. Uh, being able to buy at a lower cost renewable energy hardware from China, it's like solar panels and wind turbines, um, and that it's just idiotic, right? It's it's it, that's it's not it's not going to work. If your goal is to reduce carbon emissions globally, it is not going to work to continue to use Chinese manufacturing. Like if we made all our solar panels and wind turbines in American factories, the cost would be a little more expensive, right? Because it's the power it's more expensive here. But, but then you wouldn't have these these dirty factories in your supply chain. You wouldn't have all this pollution happening, right? So, so who thought
1: about supply chains before twenty twenty really? Like I don't think people thought about that. You know what I mean? Right. And so, and yeah. I think
2: largely we're st- we as a as a nation are still thinking about supply chains in terms of. How easy is it to get this? How, What can cause a disruption in the supply chain? But my point is that like at the core of China's manufacturing supply chain is environmentally destructive power sources.
1: Also slave labor.
2: And slave labor, but so, even- Yeah, not just the weaker, you, it's also
1: even, like- Even if you don't care events, about yeah.
2: them putting ethnic minorities in concentration camps and whatever, right? You should like, the, there's people who care about that stuff. And there's people who care about uh, carbon emissions. And so even if those aren't always the same groups, right, like you don't just have to find the intersection of that Venn diagram. Like anyone from any of those groups should be like, hey, there's something we have to look at here. And you have to look at China's carbon emissions.
1: But they can kind of get away with it by claiming essentially that they are still a developing country and that it wasn't fair for developed countries like the U.S. to be able to pollute for so many years and then get ahead technologically, right? right. But so the, the, they're like, we should be allowed to pollute now.
2: But that's that's totally illogical because like if you're concerned about carbon in the atmosphere causing uh, global warming or climate change in general, then it shouldn't matter who's producing those carbon emissions. It's just the the total net volume of carbon, right? So it's, it doesn't—it doesn't make any logical sense to to let some countries have a pass. Like, if you're concerned about that, then you, then the U.S.'s goal should be to get the countries that are the biggest carbon emitters to reduce their amount of carbon emissions, no matter what.
1: But I think that what the CCP has done is essentially weaponized a different part of the climate change activism, which is that. Um, blaming the industrialized nations for exploiting these other
0: third world countries in many cases blaming capitalism
1: yeah so it's like kind of the same thing where like Greta Thunberg at some point tweeted about like how this the climate change is the fault of the global north for exploiting Uh other countries like so the global north is industrialized like western developed nations right and the global south is countries like africa south america china considers themselves part of the global south
2: i I mean yes we may be evil capitalists here but we have less pollution per kilowatt hour produced no no, what i'm saying is than socialist countries that like what you're saying logically
1: makes sense but what the ccp is doing is weaponizing a different outrage involved in
2: like the, the evils you know. of capitalism.
1: Well, the or oppression, right? Like the idea that like China is a victim country because it is a developing third world country. And when, in been,
2: reality, China is a victim country because everyone's victimized by the Chinese Communist Party.
1: But like the whole idea that like, oh, the CCP, for example, even the fact that there's so many Western developed nations like exporting their manufacturing to China, right? Because what you talked about with cheap energy, cheap labor, there's a way to spin that so that China is actually the victim here of these oppressive Western nations outsourcing their manufacturing. And we are actually the ones causing this, like the carbon emissions in China because we're, like, through capitalism, right? Like, trying to get the lowest price, et cetera. So I'm just saying that there is a way to, that they're logically able to play this game. That kind of Socialism. absolves them of blame from the stuff that you're talking about.
0: Socialism, communism—it's all about gaslighting.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, and, and the reason we we launched into this whole thing about you know John Kerry and climate change is because, and I had I, failed to mention the reason, but there was a news item this week that is tied into that, which is the the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer is demanding that that John Kerry basically turn over any documents related to what what. Uh, Comer believes are secret negotiations with the Chinese regime when it, that could potentially undermine larger U.S. interests.
1: Is there proof that Kerry has been having secret negotiations?
2: Well, so that's the thing. Like, it's like Republicans want all the documents released. And surely there are documents, right? Like, yeah. But, you know, John Kerry is in a, a cabinet level position. Which but he's doesn't, not actually a member or, of the
1: cabinet. No, right? it's,
2: but it's it's at that level. He's reporting directly to, to the president. Uh, And that position does not require, like, it doesn't require the same type of oversight as a lot of other positions. There's no Senate approval like there would be for, like, a Supreme Court justice. Um, So he's just kind of like this guy that's uh, tagged on and there's just no, yeah, there's just no oversight, really, of what he's doing or how his budget is being spent. And so uh, this could be just a Republican move to attack Kerry and attack Biden uh it could also be born out of legitimate concern for what could possibly be in those exchanges
0: well because there is a history of a lot of uh climate discussions being done outside of the view of the American public like that that was a big criticism of the whole Paris climate agreement that it was a decision sort of done by these global leaders and it affected American industry but it didn't have to be essentially put to a vote
1: in a way because it didn't go through Congress exactly right yeah so there
0: is precedent for the idea that there would be these outside channels doing things making agreements behind the scenes that the American public is unaware of I I think there is
1: some evidence that the Biden administration themselves have been upset with John Kerry Um, Or members of the Biden administration, because when Kerry was doing climate negotiations with China, like I don't remember if it was last year, 2021, there was a bunch of leaks that happened that were reported in Hmm. the media about how there was frustration with Kerry, like wanting to downplay certain like human rights things so they could get action on climate change or whatever. And this is all all leaks coming from within the Biden administration. Hmm, Interesting. So I think that there was a certain amount of tension between people with different agendas, right? Like people who felt like Kerry and his climate change agenda was undermining other parts of uh, the China policy that they were trying to carry out. So that was part of it. And I think another part is that there's been also reporting that Kerry and his counterpart on the Chinese side, the climate envoy who was dealing with China, with Kerry uh, from China has known each other for like Over a decade, essentially, because they both had like different positions, like when Kerry was secretary of state. So like, essentially, you start to feel like you're building a relationship with a person. And that could be good for diplomacy, but there are also pitfalls there, right, where you can start to feel like what this person like tells you. Like, maybe you can trust him personally, you know what I mean? Or you feel right. like, oh, if he promises you that like they're gonna stop building coal plants, then, you know, you- Which you... is
0: kind of how China has done it all along mm-hmm. by having, you know, building these relationships and, you know, sort of selling this idea to American officials or business leaders that, you know- I'm telling you the truth, yeah, right? Like yeah. you
1: don't listen to what we're saying publicly. Like you are getting the inside yeah. scoop.
2: Yeah. And, and and Chinese, the, the MSS and the United Front have, have been very good at- sort of building relationships with, uh, in a sort of shotgun approach for like, here's a, you know, a thousand people who could have political potential, right? Let's start building the relationship while they're young and don't have a high position. Eric Swalwell. Right. Uh, and then later, you know, of those thousand, maybe only a few dozen will end up in an important level, but we've built that, that relationship and now we have influence.
1: Yeah, I was thinking... That actually, you mentioned Swalwell, which is like when he was running for Congress, right? People worked mm-hmm. in his campaign. This That woman, that turned out to be a Chinese spy. But then like even, for example, the current mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, has taken a bunch of business trips to China when he was Brooklyn Borough President, which is like a pretty, not like a super high level position in like the city administration, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the equivalent of being the mayor of a large city because Brooklyn has like... 2 million plus people so it's 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 a as a borough subset of new york city it's still a big city on its own so he's like like the mayor of that Mm -hmm. right but he was not like bloomberg
1: or you know he was not i mean bloomberg's another story but so he was not like the mayor of new york city or the governor of a state but but any borough
2: president has potential to become the mayor yeah so of the city so there was
1: this whole thing where they were going to build this like chinese friendship arch in the brooklyn chinatown and millions of dollars were going to go into it and it was a big thing and never got built but he'd made several trips to china yeah Uh, so for friendship you know to improve business ties between brooklyn and and
0: and again i think the point comes back to the balloon is not the biggest issue
1: (laughs) we have but the balloon is a very visible Symbol of that's certain true. things, right? So I think that's why it became such a big news story, is because it does feel like a throwback to a different time where people are like, "Oh, wait, this country might be a threat."
0: Yeah, then maybe that's why the government publicizes it so much to sort of get, because the the whole TikTok as a threat thing. I don't know how many people are really eating that up, because I think a lot of people really like TikTok and don't
2: want to have it banned. Mm -hmm. but giant spy balloons. I mean, there there was so much outrage when India banned TikTok, right? I mean, India banned it for two reasons. One was national security just because of the app and its influence and political influence, but also it was in retaliation to some degree for the border dispute that arguably was, was sparked by China. And so, but there was... There was outrage inside India. There was a lot of media companies, including Western American media, like being like bemoaning how, oh, these like poor people who've developed their careers on TikTok are now uh, have lost their platform, right? So there's a lot of- But there will be
1: another platform is the thing. Like that's what you want. You want it to be, this is why I'm surprised that, uh, you know, Instagram or like, youtube or whatever are not more gung-ho on the banning tiktok thing because yeah, you it, like, it, should like be shouldn't facebook or meta want like to get instagram like uh reels to
0: be the thing that so everybody's maybe using that's
2: the question why aren't they i hmm. wonder who has a stake in what but anyway that's a that's i don't actually know the answer to that but my point is that in terms of a very serious national security threat like tiktok there's so much pushback on it but a very visible national security threat, like a balloon. Like there's no one's like, oh, but I love the weather balloon. Like this is so cool, right? No one's dancing to it. And <laughs> okay, that's what that was a, that's okay. That's where I was going. Okay. I got it. Uh thank you, Chris. Uh and so therefore, there's like there's you wanna criticize the Chinese balloon. Like there's no pushback on that, right? Like. Like where actually, are the balloon defenders? Like
1: spy balloons are good, actually. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. You're, you're,
2: actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like some trolls that are gonna make that argument, but, or or the argument that well, America does it too, or whatever. But like the point is that like all voters can agree, basically that. that but it's
1: hard to agree to a nationwide TikTok ban.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, and it's and it's hard to get, you know, when 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 Chinese. Um, Private equity firms are investing in, say, U.S. tech startups, right? Like, if you if you ban that, then there's complaints from the tech industry. Like, hey, you're actually, like, hurting American innovation. China was innovation.
0: giving us all this great money and you just want to take
1: it away. Well, I mean, there's also different stakeholders. Like, I actually got an email from Freedom House uh, that was opposing the TikTok ban. Interesting. Because, you know, Freedom House, they do like the Freedom in the World Index, like they like advocate for freedom in different countries, basically. But their point was that a lot of activists in different oppressive regimes use TikTok as a way of communicating. Like they brought up the Iranian protests that were happening recently. Right. And it, how, like, w- without TikTok in the US, like US activists would not be able to get information from the Iranian activists about what was happening in Iran. But what about Twitter? Yeah, I mean, they were also using Twitter a lot, too. So so
2: while the the activists are activizing on TikTok, all that data is potentially being collected. All the personal data of those activists is potentially being collected by the Chinese Communist Party or its affiliates.
1: Which I'm sure would have no problem giving that to the Iranian regime.
2: Right. So they really should be...
0: Using Twitter, or if they want to really share their truths with the world. Oh
2: gosh! Uh, So, if only there was some social platform for that. I I don't know.
0: Yeah, social truth platform.
2: That's a great name. You should you should create a platform. Social
0: truth, where you socialize (laughs) with the truth.
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Or the truth about socialism.
0: Send out socializing. Um, Well, you know, it's not just. uh, Weather balloons the Chinese Communist Party is sending over countries. There's all, they've been sending a lot of warplanes over Taiwan consistently
2: all the time, but well, even more now. Shelly's going to correct you on the over-Taiwan part.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, Taiwan yeah. really is in all of us. <laughs> taiwan can
1: touch your heart yeah yeah
2: go ahead accuracy ninja
1: oh i mean well i can do it
0: myself technically it's not over taiwan but they've been crossing the median line which was the sort of unofficial barrier between china and taiwan they've been crossing that more frequently coming close to taiwanese airspace but not actually flying over taiwan
2: island yes thank you okay so sometimes all it takes is shelly to just give you a look and you know i that felt she's like a- you
1: felt it in my energy actually yeah i was just like oh. but
2: i was right though right yeah
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say <laughs> that it was like not over taiwan you were right we've known each other too long
0: <laughs> that's that's the that's the real message behind all of this but this is interesting uh china's increasing aggression for taiwan because everyone has been like okay the chinese communist party has blatantly said they want taiwan they have they've pretty much hinted that they will use force if that's their only option to get taiwan so when is it going to be when are they going to invade taiwan and a lot of numbers have been thrown out there some some have even said as recently as 2024 making it just a year away someone said 2027 gets thrown out thrown around a lot um
1: was that like the retired admiral of the indo-pacific guy davidson who said 2027
0: i believe so there, there's been some other people have suggested that um but uh you know this week uh the u.s uh, air force general um minnehan uh suggested that it could be 2025 just two years away
1: the memo he wrote was somehow leaked because it was dated february 1st but it was like published in nbc news like before february 1st
0: oh interesting i didn't catch that Uh, yeah and like this is him just saying like my gut feeling he's he actually used that term my gut feeling is we'll be fighting by 2025 which the pentagon has been like no this is not this is just him talking this is not our position um but it is but it is an interesting time because that actually does sync up with something a taiwanese defense minister had said that china would be ready to invade by 2025 um minihan also suggested that you know this is it would be after the us and taiwan presidential election uh the the taiwanese election will definitely factor into the ccp's plan depending on who gets elected. If it's another, you know, kind of tying when person or if it's somebody who's more right. well
1: friendly.
2: Tsai can't run again. No, so she's out. But uh, her, maybe her cat. VP
1: is pretty um, popular, I think. Mm. For I forget her his name. VP. But um, I haven't really been paying attention as much to like Taiwanese internal politics. Some people think that because the KMT won more like local elections this year, that means it's like bad or last year 2022 that means bad news for the DPP the current party in power who's more anti-CCP but generally like local elections in Taiwan tend to be more focused on local elections and like local issues like local issues and they're not necessarily thinking of like KMT as the pro CCP party and the KMT it may be also less feasible for them to be as pro CCP as they were like a decade or more ago under ma ying jeo remember when like yeah. he met uh xi jinping uh and that was like a big like oh reconciliation moment
0: yeah i mean post hong like, kong now there's no way that's gonna fly
1: yeah so like i think also the political environment in taiwan has changed a lot but if another dpp person gets elected then yeah i think then It's more likely that the CCP would have to be like, well, we're probably not going to be able to get them on our side by just being like, hey, one country, two systems. Let's do business.
2: Right. But also part of the calculation is like whoever wins the next U.S. presidential election. So the election's 2024. President takes office January 2025. And the CCP will look at whether they think – like what they think the U.S. response is going to be based on who that new president is, right? It's gonna be very different with Biden who said specifically he's going to, uh, he would defend Taiwan uh, versus say uh, Kamala Harris, who has not been outspoken in anything, versus say Trump or DeSantis who have their own calculuses on that, right?
0: Well, I think also outside of like whatever a US president might do, if you haven't noticed, US elections lately have been a bit chaotic Uh, I think there's a big hope that, like, America would just be too caught up in whatever the 2024 presidential election scandal will be to uh, put much of focus on, like, defending Taiwan.
1: Yeah. I mean, Taiwan's elections are in January, presidential elections. So there's a long time between that and the November
0: U.S. elections. Well, yeah. But so that's why, you know, 2025 as an invasion time, that would be like Arizona will still be counting ballots. (laughs) Uh, I am not ready for the next election cycle. Let's let's remember this in 2025 where that actually happens. Let's let's play this. uh, Oh, gosh.
2: The world sometimes is just overwhelming to me.
1: But, uh, well, I mean, sometimes it surprises you. Like, I did not have Chinese spy balloon flies over Montana on my bingo card. You know what I mean? That's right. And that could have really changed. Like, let's say there was no spy balloon. Blinken went to China this weekend. Like, that could actually have a much bigger effect on u.s china diplomacy right. than you thought
0: you know who we should be thanking for this mm. the cern reactor for fusing this timeline in with ours the timeline in which there's a chinese spy balloon and, and um blinken doesn't go to china because otherwise we'd be going how, down that how do you
1: path. know that the, anyway not gonna ask
0: <laughs> i had a dream <laughs> i get all of my information uh-huh uh, well, I mean, that's actually a pretty good transition there. There is some good news. Uh, and there's actually a lot of good news going on. Um, did we want to say anything more about... Uh, War
1: might be coming in 2020?
0: War might be coming in 2025. <laughs> I mean, that's a long. pretty
1: big piece of like bad news, right? Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, it's a bad news for almost everyone, but not if you watch Gamers Unbeaten for the military industrial complex. Ah. Uh. That's uh, where you're going with it.
0: yeah two pushes. But yeah, I mean, like one of the concerns I think is that, you know, there are some people, since we're talking about the military industrial complex, the idea that people would actually want a war with China rather than like, you know, the point of U.S. support for Taiwan is to prevent a war from happening. Uh, even worse, I think some people think, you know, a war could be a good way to get Xi Jinping ousted, sort of the whole anti-Xi, not anti-CCP crowd.
1: But I mean, that's very, that's that's a risky bet. It's a risky bet, yeah, yeah, for a number of reasons.
2: Yeah, it's also it's a, it's a risky bet where it's not just like you assume past performance uh, will affect future results, but it's like not looking at all at past performance of the CCP. Well, it's just, and just have, you have like this beautiful dream of
1: that's true. Yeah. But also, it's not necessarily that getting into a war that doesn't go well means that you're going to get ousted. Look at Putin.
2: That's right. Yeah,
1: there was all this idea that maybe he would have to lose power because, like, because the, the, the oligarchs war's not going would well, demand it. But, but instead,
2: not... you, just, you just killed all the oligarchs.
0: Yeah, all those oligarchs just kept drinking like bad tea or that's...
1: jumping out of like eight-story buildings for some reason, you know. But uh, yeah, so it's not that's not a guarantee of anything. It's just no, you know, no.
0: But uh, I mean, yeah, the Taiwan issue will come to a head at some point, and the CCP has said they will use force so I mean this is really the time now to really solidify US support for Taiwan and you do see a lot of uh strides in that area um
1: McCarthy is reportedly about to go to Taiwan maybe in the spring
0: so that would be the second speaker of the house to go Mm -hmm. since Pelosi last time
1: and a little less diplomatically risky in a way because McCarthy is McCarthy is a Republican so like it wouldn't necessarily be seen by the ccp as like oh well the the biden administration is behind this because oh, all but it's Democrats. still gonna anger china oh sure i mean everything like will anger china related to taiwan because they're trying to get you to that point where you're afraid of them being it's like an abusive parent or something like that like you just always get worried about making them mad or you know
0: you know what they would call it if mccarthy goes to um
2: taiwan mm. mccarthyism Cold I, I can era. actually imagine the Global Times saying that, like, like trying the to new
1: McCarthyism. It,
0: Cut this clip out. We'll <laughs> use it. This, is, this is
2: our prediction. The Global Times will say, this is McCarthyism. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when they'll McCarthy say American Taiwan.
0: political commentator, Chris Chappell calls it McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. If um, anyone from the Global Times
2: is watching, please, please do that. Y- you've never been criticized by the Global Times, only by China Daily.
0: I know it's not the same I know. Yeah, someday. Someday, I hope.
2: Someday we'll make it. Big dreams, Chris. Well, that that would be a nice thing. And there are some nice things that are happening with respect to China. I see your transition.
0: It's good. It's worked. It worked.
2: Uh, Would have worked Uh, better if you hadn't called it out. Uh, Anyway, so there's something I really think we should check out.
0: Oh, you're talking about the Biden administration doing the Hong Kong.
2: uh, (laughs) 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 Ooh. undermined
0: yeah no 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 let's talk about the czech republic
2: yeah or as nobody calls it czechia let's Czechia it out this doesn't work no um they have a new president-elect
0: who is uh i believe the kids would call it based (laughs) about taiwan or china
2: uh yes he wants to develop closer ties with taiwan well he
1: took a he took a phone call from Ing Wen yeah the the last president-elect to do that was Donald Trump (laughs) yes
2: uh but it wasn't
0: just uh you know say a show that doing that show support for Taiwan he was also saying like you know Western democracies uh the, the CCP I forget his exact word is not friendly it's like not China friendly. is not friendly yeah like
1: we need to it's just a fact that we need to recognize yeah. yeah and it's like wow which you know is not he just said they were not friendly and they weren't going to go along with what western countries wanted in terms of like yeah. political like it's, it wasn't it's way more, milder than yeah. what
2: most like actual citizens are thinking uh huh right? china is asshole <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see, like, a diplomat say something like that, a
0: politician.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, American just, politics I is
2: getting very say, strange. I was going to say, like, Donald Trump is the kind of person who might just say that or might just tweet it at, like, 3 a.m. or, you know, truth it at 3 a.m. Um, uh, the point is, so this new Czech president elects Petr Pavel. Pavel uh, yeah, is, he, he
1: said the thing about China, about them not being friendly, and everyone was kind of like, <gasps> Because even though it's mild, like having like a world leader
0: from a Western country say this is not right. very common. I don't know how we can say that China isn't friendly though. They're sending us all these nice weather balloons, like all the balloons. Like, all the balloons. This is, this is a gift.
2: What could be friendlier? So, so, the question is like, what is what is the CCP's reaction going to be? Are they going to try to punish the Czech Republic when he like takes Lithuania. office in March? Right. I mean, that's. I mean, they. they they may not be able to do anything now because they still have the old president who was very China friendly.
1: I mean, they've already told him that he's hurt the feelings of the Chinese people right. because of the Tsai ing phone call. I mean, this guy also used to be a general and also was um, involved with in NATO. Hmm. He was like in the NATO command or something like that. Uh, before he got into politics, so it, I think he's probably coming at it from a different angle than the previous president, president. like Miloš
2: Zeman, who was like very pro CCP. Right. Like, yeah, and what's interesting is uh, Zeman had basically worked with all these Chinese companies to invest in the Czech Republic, and actually Chinese companies started buying up like a bunch of Czech media companies. That it has been scaled back somewhat since then uh but that was like a big deal and also Chinese um investment in the Czech energy sector like it's not it's not random what Chinese companies want to invest in right it's Mm -hmm. things that are going to give the Communist Party real control
0: It, it always has a strategic purpose because everything in China is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party which speaking of I'll just put a a little um suggest people check out our episode that came out last week on China no it came out this week as of when it came as of when this podcast comes out it will have come out this week the episode about uh, how china uses uh, private equity uh, investments to kind of oh, gain yes. access to sensitive it, technology i know you mentioned it a bit earlier yeah. in the, this podcast Matt.
1: Uh, but it's a good
0: episode i i, I would recommend checking check,
1: checking
0: it out checking it
1: out well the last thing i want to say pavel actually gave another interview because he told Financial Times that China is not friendly. This is what he told Bloomberg. It's definitely not a friend. It's not at this point an enemy. It's a country based on entirely different values. Their long-term goals are different than ours.
0: Well, I would disagree
2: with that. It's
0: it's definitely an enemy. Yeah. I don't think you're,
2: we're at the place where people are going to say that. Yeah. But also like you're not running for office. So- you know mm-hmm. well i it, would
0: like to announce my uh entry into the election race
1: which one is that
0: all of them all of them just vote for me see i i think that if if i were going to run for office chapel for brooklyn borough
1: president <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess get elected to like a hundred different small things <laughs> and then i have a million things on my plate uh,
2: see i think if i were a politician i would just you know scale things back and so instead of like living my values i would I would just try to project what I think voters want to hear, and also that's going to get me the least criticism from the mainstream media. And so, yeah, like I totally get it.
1: Isn't that what politicians do in general? Yes, okay.
2: Um, that's what i would, that's, I'm saying that's what I would do if I wanted to actually get elected
1: mm.
2: right it's all It's all about uh, hiding your real feelings and and suppressing your own values for the greater good and the greater good being getting yourself elected.
0: I don't know, hiding and suppressing your feelings. That doesn't sound like you, Matt.
1: Wow. Okay, this it, just it, got it, real.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know, it got it got real.
1: Are we gonna need to start a therapy channel or something <laughs> like that?
0: Therapy unhinged? Just <laughs> <laughs> Matt unhinged. Uh, well,
1: I think we're already pushing you there by making you watch those Hunter Biden tapes
2: so so i recorded uh for america uncovered headlines which came out on saturday like i had to record this morning uh the clip of like me reacting to the hunter biden videos it was actually very like it it's emotionally very challenging cathartic to deal with that headspace well no because i i did actually uh, not this morning, but I, I, I did actually watch the Hunter Biden videos back when they first came out because you had actually asked me to do that. And I was like, okay, I'll just see if like, what's actually here. And like, it, it is really awful. Um, you know, anyway, the, the point is that, um. The point
1: is that we are damaging Matt and traumatizing him for yeah. the greater good, which is. YouTube views (laughs) yeah that's absolutely right right. so so we
2: we do it for you
0: Hong Kongers are allowed to still stay in uh in the U.S and live and work there was uh, an extension that was given that was supposed to end on February the beginning of February and then like they would have had to like go back to Hong Kong or something or they
2: wouldn't have been been allowed to to work
1: or they they wouldn't have been allowed to like stay in the U.S under particular right. visa situations and, so and,
2: and this is a big deal because like sometimes like some of the hong kongers who've gone to the uk for example under like a refugee status type visa they can stay there but they can't actually work which means that they have to rely on other people to support them which is a really awkward and kind of unfair situation to put yeah. activists in and so i like i applaud the biden administration for just being like all right we're going to extend this for 24 months and I mean, it could be extended beyond that, right? I mean, uh, it, but,
1: it was kind of like down to the wire a little bit because I know a lot of Hong Kong um, groups had been like lobbying for a while because the, the it w- it was very right. soon that the the like cutoff deadline was coming up and no, the Biden administration hadn't been saying
2: that they were going to do it. Right. But I mean, it's better late than never. Mm-hmm. And this is protecting, one group estimated something like uh, three to 4,000 uh, Hong Kongers. How yeah, we actually haven't...
1: Affect? There haven't been as many Hong Kongers coming to the
2: US. Right. Well, it's been harder than going to the UK.
1: Yes, because under the British National Overseas um, Passports, like if you were born in Hong Kong before 19, July 1997, you or your parents were... Like you, there are ways that you could get a British BNO passport, which made you made you a British Overseas National, which... Um, some people argue about that because like, these people weren't made British citizens. like, They weren't given the protection of British citizenship when Hong Kong um, uh, transferred sovereignty back to China. Uh, but the but BNO nationals. lets them – if they have that passport, they can travel to the UK. And about a, right. almost 150,000 Hong Kongers have moved – to the uk in the last few years under the
0: bno passport scheme right well include canada too no just the uk just the
2: uk yeah i mean little known fact the u.s also has something like that for american samoa like most people in u.s territories like puerto rico or guam are u.s citizens but if you're born in uh american samoa you're you're merely a u.s national so you can live and work in the u.s but then you have to apply uh, through an immigration process, if you want to become a full citizen mm-hmm. to vote, yeah, or serve on jury duty, if that's what you want.
1: But uh, American dream. The BNO thing is different than what you're talking about. You were talking about people who are Hong Kongers who didn't qualify for BNO because they're too young, or right? Something like that coming to the UK and asking for asylum, right? Which and, and in that case they cannot. They work. can't work. Yeah. But
2: the U.S. and the Biden administration has given them. ability to also work so they can essentially set up a life here uh i mean it's hard when you when you don't know what's going to happen in two years but it's still way better than not being able to work and still not knowing what's going to happen in two years yeah and it is a sign that
0: like you know when you pressure elected officials to do things that also make them look good you can actually get them to do things
2: yeah so so here we are you know praising the Biden administration for doing the right thing.
0: They've actually done a lot of uh, They've really done a number solid things yeah. that, that have been good on China, I think. John Kerry aside. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's why I was saying there seemed to have been a little friction.
0: Yeah. There. Strap yeah. him to the weather balloon and send it back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like no. <laughs> like, I thought we are ending on a positive note here. Uh, to me, that's a positive note. Thanks for watching China Unscripted. I'm Chris Chappell.
1: I'm Shelley Zhang. We're Enough? not actually condoning any kind of threat to American officials
0: yes uh for yes yes, <laughs> that, uh, was yes. that was Kristen, a joke Chris didn't mean it no. no and I'm machinized uh. I'll talk to you next time I hope